Nine. T minus eight seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition and liftoff. Welcome back, space cadets. My name is Will, and I'm sitting here in the command center on the mothership. Today, Honda, Caltech, and NASA. JPL might have an alternative to lithium-ion batteries, a real alternative. And the new battery chemistry is based on fluoride and would have greater energy density while being less environmentally damaging than current lithium-ion technology. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has supported this podcast from the beginning, anybody who's rated it, anybody who's sent a review in, anybody who's asked questions, anybody who's tweeted. You are amazing. Thank you so much, Space Cadets. So this Honda... Caltech NASA JPL thing. It's a new battery. Honda Research Institute has been working with scientists from California Institute of Technology, Caltech and NASA's JPL on new battery chemistry that could present a more energy dense and environmentally friendly alternative to lithium ion batteries. And that was published in Science Magazine. So the world's electric cars, you know, a couple of them aren't, but most of them are. Um, powered by lithium-ion batteries. And lithium-ion has a lot of benefits over older battery chemistries like nickel metal hydride, or NICAD as well. And thanks to its more favorable charge and discharge rates <laughs> and the fact that it's less likely to develop a memory if not consistently fully discharged before it's recharged. So... Um, and lithium ion batteries have significant downsides, namely the damage to the environment that occurs when lithium and cobalt are mined in the cells propensity for catching fire and being very um, difficult to extinguish once they do catch fire. So there's a little there's some issues going on with the lithium ion batteries in Honda, JPL and Caltech might help to alleviate many of these issues going forward. So these batteries, they're fluoride chemistry, and it could potentially be much more energy dense than lithium. And it would mean that an electric car equipped with this new battery tech could go further on a pack of the same physical size on the same distance with a physically much smaller battery pack. So they're packing a lot of energy into a smaller form but it's giving you you know more range in your car and you can do more things while you're driving as opposed to now your car might get 300 miles maybe probably less on a charge and with these batteries i mean there's really not any engineering science out there yet um but it's going to be significantly more than that at this point and fluoride ion battery technology isn't really new uh, but there were previous versions out there that required solid state electrolytes to be heated as much as 300 degrees Fahrenheit to function properly. So imagine that you're driving down the road, your 300 degree battery pops, melts everything. Everything goes haywire. Your car is on the side of the road with a 300 degree Fahrenheit electrolyte battery. <laughs> burning holes in whatever it's burning holes in like that's not good so uh how jpl and caltech they're creating a room temperature liquid fluoride electrolyte uh it's a really long name it's a i'm gonna try to pronounce this but if i murder it if i butcher this don't get mad at me it's a tetra colonium <laughs> i don't know if i said uh salt fluorinated ether combination and copper lanthanum 
trifluoride core shell cathode. Holy cow. That's some uh, that's some crazy stuff going on there. So they're working on it. <laughs> they're working on this. I'm not. So I don't have to I don't have to say it. I don't have to know how to say it. And um, so they work together to make a functioning cell. Like all these things work together to make a functioning cell. All those, lo- all those long words that I just said work together. They make a functioning cell at room temperature. So it's not as dangerous and it's pretty cool and exciting. And you won't really see it anytime soon, right? Not, not anytime soon. They still have a lot of testing to do and the technology is promising, but likely uh, quite a ways away from being ready for mass production. So they're, they're still working on it. They're still fixing stuff. They're still figuring stuff out. There's a lot of engineering going on here and there's a lot of, there's a lot at stake as well. You know, whoever comes up with a better battery will come up with the way to mass produce that better, better battery and also make a lot of money selling it to other car companies and the patents as well. So they'll continue working on this for a while. It might not be, you know, two three years. It might be five years from now when they get everything figured out and everything situated so they can bring these things to mass production. And then from there on out, we will have really great uh, range in our cars with these batteries that aren't as dangerous as the current batteries. Have you ever heard of Breakthrough Starshot and uh, what they're doing with lasers? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. They're doing a 100 gigawatt laser to propel a probe to another star system out of our star system across the galaxy to another star system and that might be powerful enough to ignite an entire city so they want to use a powerful laser to propel tiny robotic probes to alpha centauri which is a nearby star system that may contain habitable planets and that's yuri milner that guy from the other day that we were talking about he's funding the project and we were talking about this the other day on the pod and um you know if if you're interested you can go out and learn a little bit more about these guys uh star shot breakthrough star shot is what it's called and um you know you can go back to another episode that we did a couple days ago look down the list check that out it's really cool it, there's some really cool information about it stephen hawking's involved with it there's other billionaires involved with it um but yuri milner he's a he's a billionaire and he's making these cool uh, technologically advanced starships that are going to go to Alpha Centauri, which it sounds kind of crazy, to be honest with you. It sounds kind of like, you know, some Star Trek kind of stuff. Sounds sort of like, uh, you know, hey, let's warp drive to this other star system. Like, can we go to another star system? I don't know. But these guys at Starshot, uh, Breakthrough Starshot, they're trying to figure it out. And there's a lot of engineering going on. I talk about that in another podcast the podcast is uh, billionaire what is it here billionaire pros for life life on saturn's moon that's the name of that pod so check that one out but this is a different thing this is breakthrough starshot starshot calls for a 100 gigawatt laser that could shoot into space and accelerate probes called starships to 20 percent of the speed of light so these are going to be whipping whipping through the solar system towards another star system and the chief engineer Peter Klooper said the laser would be brighter than the sun and could ignite an entire city if reflected back to Earth. They've invested $100 million to cover the first 10 years of research and development. Milner and other Silicon Valley investors have. And uh, Peter Klooper has said they had us go and study a whole range of different approaches of how would we send an object to another star. 
and he's the engineering director of Breakthrough Foundation and its Starshot initiative told an audience at the Economist Space Summit on November 1st, we ended up deciding that the only credible way to do it today was building a large laser based in probably Chile. So it, they want to propel around a thousand tiny starship space starship CHIP spacecraft toward Alpha Centauri, which is the second closest star system to Earth at 20 percent of light speed. That's about 134 million miles per hour. And each chip would weigh about one gram or less. And another destination under consideration is Proxima Centauri, um, which is even closer to Earth and may have a habitable planet. So they're going to send these things out there. They're going to they're going to shoot a laser at them and they're going to send them out there 20 percent of the speed of light. This is absolutely insane and in the best way of insane, as in this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> like, How does this stuff happen? How do these people get these crazy ideas and people throw billions of dollars at them eventually to uh, to shoot these things off to another star system? That's absolutely incredible. But Kluper has said you might think that this is all impossible, but we have folks at Caltech and the University of Southampton and uh, working on about 50 contracts on making all of this happen. And no one has come up with a deal breaker that we could find yet. It all seems real. But they know, like, they know it's hard. You know, these guys and gals have been working on this for a long time. And they make room for dead ends in their research. And some of the internal research uh, have fretted about the potentially untenable cost of building a gigantic laser like that. And other papers analyze the concept of a light sail, the device that would need to catch the laser beam and convert its energy into motion. Because if you shoot that giant laser at something, and this laser can literally ignite a city. They've said this in their papers. It can ignite a city. So if you shoot this laser at something out in space, if you shoot it at a light sail, how is this light sail going to, one, catch this laser beam and shoot the light sail towards Alpha Centauri and two, not reflect the laser beam back onto Earth and destroy humans and where we live. That seems like hard work. Um, but, you know, uh, they said that, you know, it's it's a possibility. You know, they are working on it. They're working hard on it to make sure that it all works. But some researchers question whether such a small sail would fall apart when faced with the heat or mind-numbing acceleration, which is about 60,000 times the force of gravity of Earth's surface. There's also a risk that the sail could steer a starship wildly off course. Kluper has said that the sail is very thin. It's about 400 atoms thick. It weighs about a half a gram, and it's four meters in diameter. And I think it at, think of it as reflective smoke. Kluper wanted to show off a little bit. They highlighted an experimental four-gram satellite called a Sprite and it's built and tested by Cornell University. And in June 2017, a fleet of six sprites rode into space aboard an Indian-built rocket. So these things are already in space. And the first one was just a stunt, just to see if it'll work, Klooper said. And the launch was a success. And the sprites used a temperature sensor and relayed the data to Earth along with a radio beep signal. He said that that could just be, a, this is just a precursor to the uh, chip, star chips. Um, and it feels a lot like the way CubeSats felt 20 years ago, referring to roughly fist to bread box size spacecraft that are pervasive today. So these things, these bread box sized CubeSats, about 20 years ago, people were like, what? These things aren't real satellites. These things can't do anything. You can't fit anything inside these things to actually do science. 
until we miniaturized the engineering and then started shooting these things up at a regular basis. And, you know, there's CubeSats outside of Mars now sending signals back from the InSight lander back to Earth. That's how we got the first signals from Mars, from InSight, is from CubeSats. And that was unheard of 20 years ago. So he could be on, the uh, Klooper and his team could be on to a major breakthrough in miniaturization of space technology for the future. Now, that being said, I really hope this goes well. This is a really cool idea, and I really hope that, you know, the people at um, Breakthrough Starshot come through with this, because how cool would that be to wake up one morning and go, oh, this thing's real, and oh man, they're sending things to another star system. How cool would that be? Think about that for a second. And I also want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening. Thank you to all the space cadets out there. Thank you to all of our sponsors. We appreciate you. And we want to continue doing this pod. So thank you so much for all the star ratings. Thank you for the comments. Thanks for subscribing. You folks are amazing. And I will see you next time on the pod, beaming directly from the mothership. My name is Will, sitting at the command center. Have a good day, everybody. And I'll see you soon. We have ignition and liftoff. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.